And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase proud crappie or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Reel Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And thank you, Mark Larson, Southern California. Welcome to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and we appreciate you listening in tonight. We know there's a lot of things happening out there right now, but I think we've put together for you a show that's worth the time you're going to be spending with us tonight. First off, right off the bat, we are going to have the publisher and chief editor of a publication that is directed mainly at women who have a passion for hunting and fishing. That is a magazine out of Tampa, Florida called Girls, Guns, and Rods. We'll be speaking with Lori Houks first off the bat. And then later on in the show, starting at 6 o'clock, we'll have Nathan Statton. And Nathan Statton is from the Lithium Battery Company. And we're going to learn all about lithium uh, ion technology, how it's advanced, and especially how it translates into marine batteries. And we know uh, my co-host, uh, Stan Vandenberg, has a lot of information on that, too. So that should be a lovely discussion. And then the discussion you all have been waiting for at 6.40, we're going to have... Uh, Kevin Tackerberry, he is the uh, main ranger of the San Diego City Lakes. We've uh, had some discussions back and forth. He's gotten some information on Lake San Vicente. We're going to talk about the opening. We're going to talk about the facilities. We're going to talk a lot of things and hopefully answer some questions uh, for you about the upcoming opening of San Vicente happening here in just a little bit. But before we get on to Lori, let me introduce to you the co-host of Ron Real Radio. He is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT and a darn good fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing tonight, sir? <laughs> so far, so good, John. It's been a hectic week, and this next one will be real hectic. I'll be around next Sunday, but then Wednesday following that, it's jump on a boat for 13 days on the Independence and go get into the chaos down below. Can't wait. Oh. Well, you know, I, I noticed uh, the Indy came back, and they had... They got into some good fish. They had a few cows, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that a little bit. I think you're going to be in for an excellent trip. Yeah, we'll kick that around a little bit. Uh, I have a little knowledge. I stay in touch with the office there with John Collins and Judy and, and the gang down there pretty pretty regular, so I get pretty pretty inside on the information going on. It's been a unique year, i got to tell you. It's been real fun to watch, hasn't it? 
Right. Well, usually at this time, too, we'd be introducing to you my other co-host for Ron Real Radio, Wendy Toshahar. But she is out tracking down an elk, and I talked to her just briefly. She is in a location where she doesn't have cell phone reception. And I know she wanted to be with us tonight because let me bring on our first guest. I know she wanted to talk to her. This is a lady that is the publisher and chief editor for a magazine that is dedicated to women that have a passion for hunting, fishing, and uh, uh, what can I say? It's a magazine called uh, Girls, Rods, and Guns. Let me introduce here to you all. It's Ms. Lori. Lori, welcome to the show, ma'am. Well, thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you know, Lori, I guess the first thing, they're, you know, being editor and publisher, I can't imagine that there are a lot of people, a lot of females in particular, that are doing the type of thing that you're doing. Tell us a little bit about your background in hunting and fishing, and then also how you got involved in uh, uh, publishing uh, this magazine. Well, actually, right now the stats are about 16 million women in the U.S. have hunting and fishing licenses. So it is a very fast-growing demographic. I'm certainly not alone in that. I'm probably just limited being a magazine publisher. But there aren't a lot of magazines out there that are dedicated just for women. Um, and that's why I created Girls, Guns, and Rods, was to really address that sort of gap in the industry. But I didn't grow up being a hunter. Um, my dad was a hunter, an avid outdoorsman. We camped, we hiked. We did archery, we did fishing, and we learned how to handle guns and have a respect for guns and wildlife and conservation and being outdoors. He didn't really believe that girls should hunt. So I myself am not a hunter. Um, looking to probably do some of my first hunts this year coming up. I have a granddaughter who is into archery right now who does want to hunt. And that's really what started me thinking I need to learn how to do this and be the one to take her out. I have girlfriends who hunt. And there's just not a lot of information that was really specifically targeted for women. Um, the industry certainly is recognizing this growing demographic. Uh, and they're also recognizing that it's more than just adding a little bit of pink or purple. Uh, it's, you know, they're modifying their tools, their equipment, their gear, their clothing to fit the body style of a woman, our smaller hands, our shorter draws, our shoulders that aren't quite so wide. Um, so it is a very fast-growing industry targeting our very specific needs, and so that's why I decided to do the magazine. I've had Airboating Magazine for nine years, so I've been in publishing for a while, um, and even in the airboating world, um, which is generally targeted towards men, we've seen more women owning their own airboats, going duck hunting, alligator hunting, so I really decided it was time to do something that was just for the girls. We got Wendy. She could be your cover girl. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's out running around looking for an elk right now. Last week it was ducks or geese or, or something, and, and then in the meantime she's going fishing on long-range trips. So she's perfect. <laughs> well, she gets her elk. We might, we might consider that. <laughs> hey, that well, well, you know what? Going. I know she'll be happy because I know uh, this year alone she's uh, – uh, gotten, uh, you know, uh, javelina and wild boars. She's gotten her turkeys. Uh, obviously, with upland game, she's gotten her uh, pheasants and doves. Uh, I think she, uh, Stan, she also got a wahoo this year, too, did she not? 
I don't know if she got the wahoo yet, but she, I know she's got opa. She's caught a lot of different fish, and she's had a great season already in this, this last year. So uh, I know she was trolling around for the wahoo. I just don't know if she got one. <laughs> so definitely uh, Wendy fits in the category of someone with a passion for both hunting and fishing. But your uh, publication, Girls, Guns, and Rods, uh, the format of it, is it more instructional? Is it more story, uh, and are there features in there that maybe men would also be interested in knowing about uh, when it comes to going out uh, fishing with uh, and hunting with uh, women? Yeah, that's a good article idea there, actually. <laughs> How to deal with the woman. Um, <laughs> I don't think, I don't I don't think the magazine's that. thick enough, Laura. <laughs> it might be a multi-series article in <laughs> a couple years. Um well, we have several different categories. We cover hunting, archery, and gun, and then we have a fishing section. One of my favorite sections is our up-and-coming, which was for little girls 16 and under to share their hunting and fishing stories. Um, and we have Women of the Four Corners, which is our usual international huntress. We've had some very interesting stories from zebra hunts to uh, Spanish ibex and that. And we have a dog breed, a hunting dog breed feature in each story. And we do product reviews. We have a lot of technical stories. All of our writers, though, are women. So every story that's in there, every educational piece that's in there, every product review that's in there is written by a woman from a woman's perspective. And so I think that's what really makes it unique is they are so passionate and so really blessed and honored to be passing on their knowledge and their expertise and their passion to other women, encouraging more women to get involved. I had a lady a couple issues ago was in her 60s, so retired, just finished up her grand slam for turkey hunting, and she had just started hunting. And then I've got the little girl who's, you know, been going out with her daddy since she was three years old and has been hunting most of her life. So it's really a wide range. It's the novice to the pro. Um, it's just, it's really been an honor for the really incredible women that we've had the opportunity to, to work with and share their stories. Wow, that sounds uh, really exciting. Even though you're located on the uh, west coast of the, the Florida Peninsula, um, and going through a couple of the issues that I have, it, it seems like your uh, publication is not targeted for just uh, the southeast. It's actually uh, targeting... Uh, women that are hunting and fishing literally all over the country. Yes, we do. We have a team of writers. Uh, we have a lady in Oregon, Sharon Hatcher, who writes for us in Wisconsin. Uh, Samantha Bockel, who's a big fishing ladies in Pennsylvania. So yeah, we are all over the place, and we're fishing tournaments and expos and retail all over the U.S., as well as Canada. We're print and digital. Um, we're very active on the social media channels, obviously, and it was kind of a shock to me because you asked if it would be interesting to men, and I was sort of thinking, no, as soon as they found out it wasn't really. But they were used to seeing in some of the fishing magazines when it comes to stories about a woman. Um, but 40% of our subscribers are men, and on social media about 60% of our followers are men. So we get a lot of fathers, grandfathers, uncles, brothers who are subscribing for the woman in their life and encouraging them to get out there and be more involved. So, well, you know, I got on your Facebook page and liked you, so when you're adding that statistic, 
Add uh, <laughs> uh, two boys and a woman uh, representing Ron Real Radio, would you please? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, but it's, it's been um, an interesting year. We just wrapped up our sixth issue for our first year, preparing to go into 2016, looking at our story lineup, and got a lot of good feedback that women really want to see more product information and they want to see more technical uh, information, how to um, do different types of hunts. We had a real good spot and stock article recently that was very well received. So they don't just want all, I had a great hunt and yay me. Um, they're really looking for more detailed, in-depth knowledge to help them improve their game. So that's what we're looking at focusing on for 2016. You know, Lori, uh, going out and appealing to uh, women that uh, love hunting and fishing, uh, trying to get sponsors, it isn't like uh, you are Vogue or you are Cosmopolitan where, uh, you know, there that might be easy to go to particular manufacturers or sponsors that really hit those markets. Are you having trouble being accepted by sponsors as, uh, um, uh, as a publication that's viable out there with this market that you're targeting? It is a bit of a good old boy network, and they have a lot of opportunities to promote and to advertise to spend their marketing dollars. And in any publishing venue, you sort of got to prove it's a numbers game improve meager circulation, so we focused on doing that. Our first year, we were very blessed. We had Bowtech, um, who has a couple of bows that are specifically targeted for women. Uh, they came on board and supported us early on. We had Zeiss, another big name in the industry, who supported us early on. But it has been a bit of a challenge. We're going to SHOT Show in Vegas in January, I'm hoping to meet some people and get some more acceptance and supporting the publication. Now, do you see manufacturers actually coming out with more specific products that are made for women? As you say, bow hunters, guns, obviously apparel, but it's, it's like, is there as much apparel, let's say, that would be available for a man, or are, you, are we still lacking a little bit in that area? I think it's still lacking, but I think it's catching up. I've seen a lot just in the past two years, like Siren came out with a gun specifically made for a woman. Most of the bow manufacturers now are coming out with bows that have the shorter draw lengths. Uh, that's not just the purple or the teal colors. The guns, you've seen gun manufacturers come out with smaller grips made for a woman's hand. You've got um, Proas, uh, which is a woman-owned company doing hunting clothes specifically for women. Some of the backpacks and gear now. They're actually tar or, you know, designing their backpacks to be more for a woman's body structure so they're not too long on our back and too wide on our shoulders. So we're really seeing some progress, especially in the last two years, where they're really putting in some good manufacturing thought into making things that are more targeted towards the female user. All right. And, and Lori, are you seeing uh, uh, groups getting together that are all female that are going on hunts or going on fishing expeditions and things like that, and they go, you know, we we don't necessarily need a male to be along with us. Uh, we're independent enough. We're going to go out there and do this no matter what. Well, we just featured in the last issue the Bear uh, Women's Secret Business Challenge, which is an all-women's hunt in Australia. Um, I have Huntress Heat, who is down here in Florida. They're an all-women hunting group. They had hunt hogs. They just did a gator hunt story. 
Uh, we're actually organizing right now an all-women's python hunt in the Everglades the end of January <laughs> as part of the FWC's conservation effort. This is great. Well, Lori Houks, Editor-in-Chief of Girls, Guns, and Rods. Lori, people want to find out more about your publication, if they would like to subscribe or, or whatever information they may need. Tell us some of the best ways to go about doing this. Uh, our website is www.girlsgunsandrods.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Girls, Guns, and Rods. We're print and digital, so you can save the tree and go digital. Um, and it's nineteen ninety five for the year, and it's six issues. It's a bi-monthly publication. Well, you know what? I've gone through a couple of your publications. I've found it to be extremely interesting. I know both men and women well. We want to wish you good luck on this endeavor, and, and uh, you know, we'll try to get Wendy to get in contact with you, and I think she would be a great source for adding to the uh, fishing knowledge in your publication. I would love that. We're really looking at beefing up some of our fishing content over the next year. Just contact our girls doing bass and cats for us, um, talking about catching bass and catfish. So definitely have her get in touch with us. We'd love to share her stories and her expertise. Well, All right. Also the national sales rep for Iser line. I think you should, that, that yeah. would be a good contact for you. <laughs> you better <laughs> believe it. Right? <laughs> Lori Houch, publisher and chief editor of Girls, Guns, and Rods. Thanks a lot for being spending some time with us, and uh, congratulations on the publication. I've enjoyed going through it, and, again, we may, wish you much success. Thank you so much. You guys have a great evening. All right. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio, AM540 at rodandrealradio.com. Stan Vandenberg's with me tonight. Wendy Toshahar is on an elk hunt, uh, but there's still a lot more to come, but we got a break for these messages right now. We'll be right back. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> I mean, that is just absolutely awesome. And welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with me tonight. Wendy is on an elk hunt. Wendy, I hope you can hear us over there. We We do miss you very much. Hey, now it's time for What the Heck is Phil Thinking? With the voice of PFO Radio, Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, how are you doing this evening, sir? John, I'm doing great. It's great to be with you as always. I want to say my best to Stan and, of course, all the listeners, including all the folks down there at Big Fish Bait and Tackle in Seal Beach, California. They've got you tuned in, and that includes Jimmy Gutierrez, who's working there with his daughter, Elizabeth and a couple of the guys that were shopping there, Don and Victor, that I met, really, really nice guys. And longtime skipper Eddie Leland, who was cutting up a nice 60-pound yellowfin tuna and another big wahoo down there at the shop getting ready for a big Black Friday celebration coming up later in the month. I just want to send my best to all of you and all of them, John. Well, let's give them a big shout-out. And for those people that don't know where they're located, Phil, where are they located? Hey, it's easy. They're right at the intersection of Pacific Coast Highway and Seal Beach Boulevard. Freeway close, easy to find. Open at 5 o'clock in the morning, and they go till 6 in the evening, seven days a week. And really great folks down there. The owner, Rada, is a really great guy. His wife, Melody, is really super wonderful person who's working in the community, donating at least one day of her week to the poor, working with them. So, They've got a great selection. They're in the community, and uh, they're tuned in to Rod and Real Radio. What else could you want, John? Well, you know what? Right now, with the way the season of 2015 has 
Ben, uh, you go into any bait and tackle uh, store, uh, any of the fishing landings, and you should see a lot of happy people there, Phil. Oh, my God. And I saw it here this afternoon. John, you are so right. It has been a phenomenal season. And let's take a moment. We'll kind of talk about what's been going on here this week and then look into the future a little bit. One thing that we need to bring to everybody's attention is we have kind of a dry front. may get a little bit of rain out of this, but it's mostly a dry front. And we're going to have some breezy conditions Monday, Tuesday, maybe a little bit into Wednesday. But after that, we settle down and get back into some really nice weather again. But look for some unsettled weather here in the next 48 hours or so. I just got off the phone with Buzz Brizendine, the owner-operator of the Prowler down there at Fisherman's Landing. And Buzz said, Phil, there is still great opportunities down here, but we're just starting to run out of people before we run out of fish. And Buzz is so right. We get through this little blip on the radar, John this wind event that we have coming through, and it looks so good. If you look at what the folks over at NOAA are saying about the El Nino, this thing doesn't even peak until December. So, I mean, we still have a long way to go, and I can see in my little crystal ball fish biting right through the first of the year. I cannot see the, the water temperatures dipping below, I want to say, 63, 64 degrees, even in February. I don't think it's going to get much lower than that. So we're going to have a big head start on the 2016 season. And the 2015 season is a long way from over. I went to a Halloween party. And the funny thing is, I didn't even wear a costume, and I still horrified people. They and thought you still I won. <laughs> and threw the hell out of everybody, and I didn't even have a costume Very disconcerting at my age, let me tell you. But I met a guy named Greg. I didn't get his last name. Last year, caught and released for Marlin. The year before that, caught and released for marlin. This year, Greg, 46 striped marlin up here in Southern California. Wow. I mean, if that doesn't say at all about how good this marlin bite has been, that is just an incredible stat to me. A very trustworthy guy, a friend of Don Ashley from Pierpoint Landing in Long Beach. Well, I guess that kind of ruins his credibility, but he, he seemed like a really nice guy. And 46 striped marlin this year. Cortez Bank. Really great fishing going on on the Cortez Bank out there. Several boats uh, out that way. Uh, Pacific Queen, 130 yellowfin tuna. Polaris Supreme, 100 yellowfin tuna. New Loan limits of yellowfin tuna. A lot of that yellowfin tuna has been on the smaller side. No question about that. But fighting really, really well out there. And uh, if we get through this latest weather event, I think we'll be okay. There's some good fishing out that way. Smaller fishing at times. Some really excellent yellowtail fishing to go along with it. Three-quarter day yellowtail fishing down there in San Diego has been off the hook at times. Big mm-hmm. yellows there at the Coronado Islands. And you look at the Mission Bell coming back from the islands, they get a skin. They get another wahoo, and there's some more of that wahoo running around. Really, really, really interesting stuff. And as we get up into the local area here, Mitch on the Southern Cal was out at the oil rigs off Huntington Beach. And he was catching copious amounts of really nice rockfish. Timmy Rand was a passenger on the boat and said, nice big fish. Now, I've heard it both ways. Some trips they've had small rockfish. But Timmy Rand was on a trip where they had salmon grouper up to 14 pounds. That is big, local salmon grouper. And, And they had, at the very same trip, three wahoo that were up chasing around and chasing the rockfish around and putting on quite a show. So... That is also very, very viable, and there's been times where there's been good sand bass fishing. We had a PFO trip with Rick Fuentes here recently where he was on board the Enterprise out of Marina Sword Fishing in Long Beach. They had several 
Really nice sand bass. Same thing on board the Victory three-quarter day boat out of Pierpoint Landing. They have had some go-arounds with some big sand bass. I know it sounds like springtime fishing, but here we are in the dead of fall and starting to focus in on some of that. And my friend Ashton Smith, back to the area off the Palos Verdes area. They've had some really nice white sea bass fishing, mostly shorts, a few legals up there, excellent calico bass fishing. And boats out of Redondo and Marina del Rey in two different areas. The Redondo boats around the Palos Verdes Peninsula area have had some really good hits on Yellowtail and Wide Open Bonita. And the boats out of Marina del Rey have also had some great fishing on Yellowtail in deeper water, fishing dropper loop on an area we call Short Banks, New Del Mar. And some of those boys have had some really great shots. And same thing up there in the Channel Islands. Not every day that they get the yellows. Every day they do with good weather. Limit out on big old chuckleheads and reds and all that great rockfish. But just about every other day, a big hit on the yellowtail. There's been some great fishing on the Mirage, the Pacific Islander, and the Aloha Spirit up there in that neck of the woods. And, you know, John, one of the greatest things of 2015, and nobody else will agree with me on Well, I bet Stan will, and I bet you will. But one of the greatest things was the emergence, or the reemergence, should I say, of the Bonito. It is so good to see that fish back because when I was a kid, that was the gateway fish to sport fishing. If you could get a kid hooked up to a Bonita, that was it. He was hooked on fishing, or she was hooked on fishing for the rest of his or her life. And it's so good to see so much Bonita around. And, folks, if you take good care of that fish and really treat it with the dignity and respect that it deserves, there's nothing better than sashimi fresh Bonita. It is so good, and you can cook it up, and it's delicious also. Uh, Catalina Island, some good bonita fishing, yellowtail, excellent calico bass fishing, and San Clemente Island today. Thunderbird was over there, had some yellowfin tuna on the anchor, a few nice yellowtail, mostly very small yellowtail and good calico bass fishing. So, I mean, for the first of November, you can hardly scoff at what's going on, John. You know, you know, this has been the year of spoilage. <laughs> because the average angler, normally, like you said, Bonita would be a great fish to go out there and play with because it was fun to catch growing up as a kid. We used to fish for them, and when they'd come into Redondo Harbor, and you'd catch hundreds of those things, you know. But we use eight pound line. You learn how to fight a fish and pull on on him with light line and get him in and uh, it, it was like training for long range fishing for bigger fish light line the fish pulled hard and we used to catch them up to 10 pounds you know out there on the barge at the Malibu barge whatever else they were 10 12 pound fish but that you're right that was the anchor uh, for out out in the ocean that was just a fun fish to catch now this year everybody's spoiled because they're out catching yellowfin and yellowtail and god knows everything that swims uh, on the half-day boats, and, and it's ruined a lot of people. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, it, Phil, it's, it's, it's interesting what you said about, you know, running out of fishermen because you look at some of the numbers that they came out with. The uh, new Seaforth went out with, uh, 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 you know, 22 people, and, geez, they got 157 rockfish and a bunch of yelltail, and you look at the Malahini, Malahini went out on a three-quarter day with 13 people. They got 65 yellowtails. So even the three-quarter day boats and, to a lesser extent, the half-day boats, you mentioned the Mission Bell. They had a Wahoo. They're still getting fish, but there's few and for people getting aboard right now. You know, Buzz and I were talking about the bar being so high, John. It is just elevated to this point where 
you know, you hear a half-day boat with some wahoo and a dozen yellowtail, and you say, hey, let me know when it gets better. And, I mean, that's where we're at right now. It's that crazy right now. It's that insane. Any other year, we'd be going crazy. I was talking to Bob, Bob Osborne earlier about how quickly we get used to really great fishing. I mean, wahoo, yellowtail, yellowfin tuna, dorado, all of this in local range, and we've all gotten used to it just way too quick. And I think we need to just kind of put the brakes on and really step back and appreciate it and realize that this kind of thing may happen once every 100 years or so, and there's still a little bit of time left, and you might just want to take advantage of it while it's still here. Well, you're exactly correct. I mean, in 2005, we had the, the, the real big tuna show up, and we all found them on the lower banks there, and it started a trend that everybody goes, well, I'm only going to go if the big ones are around, which, you know, unfortunately, that's, that was a one- or two-year gig, and, and it went back to regular fishing and going on a hunt again, and, and we've had several years where you go up and down just like normal. This year has been outside the box because of the big El Nino that we were seeing, and and uh, it might stretch into next year, and, and it looks like it probably will because it's, it's a pretty big uh, effect that's going on down there across the mid-Pacific. Uh, but things will turn back to, to normal at some point in time, and we'll just go back to normal fishing. Well, you know, no, uh, you know Stan, and Stan made a very good point earlier about half-day and three-quarter-day fishermen. You know, I used to think, John, that you're better fishermen really were on those boats, the half-day and three-quarter. And I'm going back to my youth now when I fished with Dell Ingram and Howard Warbase and guys that were so good. And, and I say that as opposed to a tuna boat or a long-range boat, and I'm not putting those guys down at all. But the repetition of choosing a good hot bait, of casting a bait, of casting a lure that you do so often on a half- and three-quarter-day boat can really hone your skills. And when you graduate up to the tuna boats and the long-range boats, you're really, really in shape to make a difference out there. It is really a perfect, really education to get on those half-day boats when you're starting out, and the repetition of doing all of those things that makes you such a better angler is something that will pay off for you in the long run. I'll vote for that. I agree. I, I think the guy that's an avid, you know, three-quarter-day guy that goes out there and learns how to cast, learns how to fish deep and shallow and how to present the bait well, especially in, in somewhat confined quarters a lot of the times, along with other people, that turns out to be the guy that has a lot of talent. If he's a good three-quarter-day guy or half-day guy, when he gets on the other boats, he really appreciates the fact that it's, it's changed. And it, but those guys are usually a lot better fishermen. You also have to talk about the economy of the situation, whether you're going out of the landings here at San Diego or going all the way up uh, you know, into the Channel Islands area, you get a lot of value for your money going out on half-day and three-quarter-day boats, and especially where the way the fishing was, too, now with the variety of fish you could catch and the amount of fish you could catch, uh, there was no better value entertainment-wise for your buck than going out fishing. No doubt about it. I mean, yeah, you're, bucks and you're on a three-quarter-day boat and you're catching Cedro-style yellowtail on board the Pursuit, out of 20 segments, so you landing on board the Enterprise out of Marina Sport Fishing in Long Beach, on the Victory out of Pierpoint Landing in Long Beach, on board the Southern Cal, the half day, but the city of Long Beach. Wow, 40 bucks! And you're out there catching fish that some people have to spend thousands of dollars and travel several hundred 
miles south to catch. It was an incredible bite. And, John, I don't think it's over. Oh, I don't think so either. I mean, look at the, the – we used to even have the twilight trips, and they kind of quit doing those right now. But, but the guys that would like to go out and catch, you know, calico bass and sand bass and by the numbers and a lot of times biggins, I mean, those guys that went on those twilight trips just – had a blast, and the, and the fishing was off the hook good. This year it's been the same, but guys are too entertained by, by going out on the three-quarter day and maybe catching water. I mean, it's been pretty crazy. Well, you also have to remember, too, you know, when you look at the uh, numbers from this past week, uh, the seas weren't exactly real welcoming to no, go out on either. So we had... Uh, you know, a lot of surge, uh, a lot of waves, uh, a lot of wind. We'll probably have the same thing at the beginning of the week, but when it dies down, I think you're going to find those numbers going up again. Hey, Phil, that's that's about it for this uh, for this segment. If we want to find out more about what the heck you're thinking, find out about any of the Spanish-speaking programs or just your blog on some of the activities that are happening up and down the coast, how's the best way to go about doing it? John, that was a quick 15 minutes, let me tell you. Hey, you can get all that by going to uh, Facebook, go to PFO on Facebook, or if you speak Spanish and want to get it in Espanol, you can go to Aventura Salade Libre on Facebook, and also to websites www.pfomedia.com, www.aventurasaladelibre.com, and of course we're on Instagram, Google+, and all the other social media webcasts, or we've got uh, podcasts, and uh, of course, lots of videos on YouTube, and we'll have that for you all week long. And of course, so proud to be on Rod Real Radio every single Sunday. John, your dear friend, it's always good to be with you, Stan and Wendy, and I thank you so very much to send my best out to all the listeners. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for preparing such a great report from us. We'll probably be talking to you during the course of this week, and always look forward to to hearing from you Sunday nights on Rod and Reel Radio. Thanks a lot, my friend. Take care, John. All right. Hey, that's what the heck is Phil thinking. Coming up next, it's the Southern California Insurer Report with Captain James Nelson. Stan and I have to take a break right now. We'll be back right after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. 
Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth, moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My Angler H2O, I will scent my lure with pride and hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. I'm your host, Hopalong, John Cassidy. Stan Vandenberg's with me tonight. Wendy is out tracking elk. But right now, it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report with the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, how has the past week gone for you? You know, it's been pretty uh, pretty uh, epic, John, I have to say. I mean, the, the count numbers are up, uh, the variety of fish are up, and, you know, the sea lions are up, everything's up. <laughs> the sun is up. <laughs> The sea lions are up. That's not the best thing in the world. <laughs> you were well, not only sea lions, but you've got a new critter that you're contending with now. Tell me about that. A new critter, John? Help yeah. me out with that. You said there was a new critter that was going after your bait that you haven't seen, other than the sea lions. And it, uh, it, well, yeah, go go ahead. On. yeah, the cormorants. Cormorants, yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't call them new necessarily, but they sure are in full force right now. It's yeah, they're pretty fun, you know, because um, you know when it comes to this, having seagulls coming down on your bait when we're using anchovies and sardines, it's you know you can put on a split shot or one of those little uh, candy wrapper weights and get it down a little bit, and you're good to go. But when it comes to the cormorants, they'll dive thirty, forty feet, so they'll just follow that bait right on down. <laughs> <laughs> you almost beginning to feel like an attraction at SeaWorld here. Yeah, you know, look, that, that's that's my new mantra. Is, you know, it's just uh, just like SeaWorld, and you might catch a fish. Well, <laughs> Jim, when you when you can't get out there and you can't get a bait down, uh, you know, last week we were talking about uh, excellent bonita fishing, some barracuda, still a lot of life out there. Uh, are you finding uh, uh, pretty much uh, uh, the same thing happening? Yeah, you know, it's pretty much that it. All the fish that we've been catching all summer long are pretty much still happening. Not as many barracudas. We're still getting bonita, though, uh, the yellowtail of various sizes, you know, and uh, it's just been fun. And then now we're we're really picking up the rockfish count. So, you know, whenever the, the, the critters up on top won't leave our baits alone, we'll put three, four-ounce weight on there, drop down on the bottom, and the rockfish are just so accommodating. They're, I think they've been ignored too long, John. Well, you know, that Jim, that's a great subject to talk about right now because 
rock fish season is coming around. A lot of the fishermen may feel like, okay, I don't want to spend the time or money to go after the pelagics. I want to go after some great rock fishing, and it's great. But also, one of the things we have to think about is you can catch a lot of fish. When they come up, they can't get down by themselves. So it's great to have a bear trauma device, and you're one of the experts here on the coast when it comes to bear trauma devices, especially the rock lease uh, release system. Tell us how, how this system works, how you engage it, and how you use it. Well, I definitely it definitely gets a lot of use, you know, between uh, most of my folks that either, A, don't want to keep fish, they're just here for catch and release purposes, it helps to release fish of all sizes, and B, I mean, quite frankly, even if you're dropping 250 feet, it's not uncommon to bring up a four to six inch fish, which just does not fillet well, so it's always a good thing to let them go and do it the right way. And, uh, you know, when it comes to ling cod and sculpin, some of those guys, they have no problem just swimming right back down, but... And you could tell from most of the fish that do anything from barber poles and uh, starries and uh, yellow uh, fin and all these uh, Johnny bass even to come up and you could just see that they're they're just bloated and they need help getting down. And uh, the way we use this rock lease, if you for those who haven't looked at one, Google it so you can get a picture. It's spelled R O K L E E S. And there are other devices out there, but this one I found to be so easy to use. You put a 16-ounce weight on the bottom of it. You tie one in. I, I use a, a stout rod, that whatever rod that I'm not really using to fish with that day with 30, 40-pound test. Tie that to the top. And if you look at this thing, you've, if you've Googled it already, just look at it, and it looks like a, a scissor clamp, you know, something that you would use to hold uh, tarp down with. But what that does, that scissor clamp actually goes onto the roof, the top roof of the mouth of the fish. And you clamp that on the fish. You drop them down as close to the bottom as you can get. If you're fishing more than 250 feet, 100 feet, 150 feet is probably good enough. But get him down there to a nice, healthy level for him. The weight of the water is going to make him feel better. That's where he's comfortable. That's where he lives. And then just give it a pop. And all you got to do is pop that rod tip up, you know, two, three feet, and that opens up that scissor clamp, and then just the fish swims away. Wow. And, you know, uh, uh, the chances of it uh, going back, you don't have to send it back all the way down from where it came from, but you, you at least have to give it a, a good start to get on back there. And then as uh, 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 the bladders and everything like that are reduced because of the water pressure at, uh, at 100 feet or so, the fish then should have enough oomph to get back down to wherever it is it's got to be. And it, it, it's a must. You know, I was talking to the the manufacturer of the, of the rock lease, and... You know, we think of ourselves as being so centralized here in Southern California. You go to one of the local bait and tackle stores, and, you know, there's a few of them up on the shelf, and we'll sell some every now and again and everything like that. They wind up selling literally hundreds of these devices up to Alaska fisheries where it is mandatory that they have a bear trauma device. Uh, to NOAA, they sell hundreds of them. To Noah, you know, the people that are in the know are using bear trauma devices and especially the Rockley system, which is so effective. And when it comes to other things that are on the market, extremely affordable. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it's effect, like you said, it's very effective. It works. It's simple. You know, you don't have to uh, know how to read uh, schematics and understand how to use it. I mean, you need to look right at it and, and see how to use it. And of course, the instructions are on the packaging. 
But, it, I mean, it just explains itself when you're just looking at it. And I think that when I first picked up one from the shop there, that's the first thing I said was, this this just looks perfect. And before that, I was, I was trying to pop fish, and I'm so bad with needles. And if you do it wrong, you can give the fish an infection, you know. Or, and plus, you got to touch the fish, and you, most of these fish are spiny, so they're not easy to handle. Where this, you just put them on the thing. And, and I like I said, once I know we're rock, fishing for rockfish, I, I tie it on, and I have it ready, and I got it on my rod and reel ready to go. Um, you can use a hand line if you want, but I'm not going to lift a pound hand line in from 100 feet, so I use no. a rod and reel. And no, uh, it's just so easy to use. And, again, it's, it's the most effective I've seen. Uh, you know, I wish I could say it's perfect, but there are times where if you take too long getting the fish back down, sometimes we get that. We get double, triple hookups, and I've got three or four rods with three or four fish each. Uh, sometimes by the time I get to that last one, you know, we maybe took too long. And, you know, you can't really blame the device on that. But the sooner you can get these fish down there, so that's why I have it tied on ready to go because if you have to pause and you have to wait and tie one on, the fish is flopping around or you've got them in your bait tank and he's just not really doing well, you really take a chance of that not working. So immediately take the fish off the hook, put them on it, drop them down. Really know what you're talking about when uh, you're comparing it to do something by hand. You know, when we were running uh, bass fishing tournaments, if we had fish that had embolized, we would use what we call an Arkansas elevator, and we'd uh, prepare a device that was a milk crate with a trap door on it. We'd tie a line to it, put a bunch of weights on it, and then we'd take the, the fish that we had in the holding tank that were uh, still a little bloated, and we'd, we'd put a bunch of them in the uh, elevator. We'd go to the uh, deepest part of the uh, lake we could get to from the dock. And a lot of times that would be 20, 25, 30 feet. And we'd send the elevator down there, and we, we'd open up the door, and the fish would get away. But, boy, trying to haul that thing back up by hand, even at, at 35 feet, was a pain in the you-know-what. This way, tying it right on to the, uh, the barotrauma device, sending it on down, giving it a little snap, and bringing it back up, man, it, it's a, a lot easier to do something like that. Oh, absolutely, and it takes up less floor space on your boat. You know, i got a 22-foot skiff. i get three or four people out there. The last thing we need is a crate in the way. So, <laughs> you know, it, just, it works really well for what, what we do, and it's, it's a lot easier to use, like I said, than most. And, you know, the old uh, upside-down hook trick, you know, that fish fall off part way down. You know, you've got a lot more things to deal with that can go wrong there. This, you know, it's, it just works. It's it's a really nice device, you know. Um, and, and doing something is really uh, is better than doing nothing, even, even if you get that fish that doesn't quite make it. And I've seen footage, John, you know, just because I've had people even ask me, you know, because we get fish, not only do they blow the course in their bladder and uh, their air air pockets, but they also get their eyes bulge up. Uh, I've actually seen underwater footage that I think uh, Randy had even at uh, the Fred Hall show some of the underwater footage. And you could actually see fish's eyes shrink back down to normal as you're dropping them. Right. So, even if they have their lungs that might be extending, uh, you can see extending out of their mouth, they've been able to send the fish back down and in a live condition to have them swim away. So it, it's yeah. it's been a an effective device. You know, I'm, I think I'm going to have to get a couple of those and, and take them to the tournaments here this winter uh, where we've got two or three tournaments a, a month on some of these things where you're going to be catching fish in deep water. The guys are always bringing fish to the weigh-in that are, that are not needled, and if they just had a chance to drop those off the dock, uh, 
like John was saying, that it, in 25, 30 feet of water, that changes the dynamics of the whole thing. Because a lot of times they'll put it in the nets, and then the guys will go over there and, and try to needle all those fish. Where if it's on the end of the dock where the, where the fish are and it's 25, 30 feet deep, that'll cure the problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Go, go on, Jim. No, I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. And, again, you're not risking that chance of, you know, having that fish out of the water while you're poking them and trying to deflate and missing the right spot or, you know, or getting an infection on the fish. You know, you don't have to worry about that whole thing. No, that's a good uh, I'm going to I'm going to tell our guys here, to, I mean, I'll probably have to contact them direct, but I'd like to have a couple of those at each of the uh, uh, different events that we go to to see if that would actually make the big difference in in the at the end of the day in the weigh-ins there that would be a, a great tool well you know even if you're culling fish out of a, a bass boat stand and i think we've all been involved in that you know uh, during a tournament we will catch and hold fish and yep. especially during the winter months a lot of those fish they you know they will suffer from barotrauma just right in our live well and if we're fortunate enough it doesn't happen to me that often, but I know it must happen to you that you start culling. Uh, it's very tough to try and and uh, take a fish that you're going to cull and, you know, to, to fizz it and then to try to get it to go back down. And, and in a tournament, you don't you want don't want to be releasing dead fish. You can't. You don't want to be releasing fish that are swimming away upside down. So having the rock lease in your boat with you is a great idea. That that's going to be in the boat this season. I am going to have one, and I'm going to actually get two more. I'm going to get hold of them. I'm going to take them to the guys at the tournaments that we go to. If I have to have my two and hand hand it to the guys in the docks to go here, try this and see if it makes a difference. I'm sure it will. Yeah. Uh, it just makes too much sense. Yeah, Jim. Now, no, here, I... here is the trick, though. I got to tell you, Stan. When you when you pick one up and you look at the back and the instructions, it does say to use a one pound torpedo weight or or something similar. It says to use a one pound weight. Yep. Here's the trick. I've tried. You cannot find a one pound weight. So what I did is I went with a sixteen ounce one. Oh, very good. <laughs> very good. I can find that one. It, are, are those the ones that have sixteen stamped into the side of it? Exactly. And that's how I knew it was a sixteen ounce. <laughs> I actually have some number one weights. You do. I do. I have. They're in my garage, from back a ways back, where they had number one on them. <laughs> well, you're you're halfway there. All you got to do is get your rock lease now. Well, they had that fifty pound line. I bet you those weights came over with the arc, Stan. I mean, my God, they must have a nice patina on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're old. Yeah. They got a lot of dust on them right now. Hey Jim, I I follow you on Facebook. You've uh, just this, uh, you know, the past couple of days. It looks like you've gotten some nice fish, some nice calicos, and uh, also bonefish. And uh, gee, you even had a nice uh, a corbina look like. So, uh, fishing in the bay is still good. Oh, absolutely! It's actually it's getting better again. So it's it's getting it's really picking up. Uh, the water temp is good. There's a lot of pinhead anchovies. Uh, being chased around, get under the birds, and just have a blast. You know, we're going to, you know, if we're going to be in El Nino, we're going to be having, uh, it seems like, some good weather. Yes, we're, we're expecting some rain, but you know what? Uh, fish don't mind being caught when you're wet. So, you know, if uh, people are looking, uh, they're coming into town, or they've got some days off where the kids might want to go fishing, Jim, how's the best way to get a hold of you and, and book a trip? 
Well, they could always reach me online at thefishicon.com or give me a phone call at 619-395-0799. And, Jim, if people go to uh, James Nelson on Facebook and and uh, send you a comment, uh, you'll also uh, uh, return a, a comment to them there, will you not? Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I've, I've had folks uh, actually set up trips that way. Just send me, you know, the little message, the Facebook Messenger. So we've done that, too. It, it's, it, we're in a great time where it's, it's not hard to get a hold of somebody. You know, <laughs> you know and what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to run a segment with uh, James Elson, uh, singer-songwriter, too, and uh, uh, talk about what you're doing with the band and everything. I hope that's going well. It's going well. As a matter of fact, uh, we're in the middle of recording a little horn section. Uh, piece for a song, and and my alarm went off. I said, "Ooh, I better call John and Stan." <laughs> now, well, the, have you recorded anything that uh, you can put on a you know DVD and ship? Uh, we're working on it, uh, Stan. Actually, we're we're working on wrapping up a fifteen song uh, CD that we're going to get uh, going. It's all original music, and uh, it's very much in the in the classic uh, rock and roll sound. Wow. Really? This is cool, buddy. I'm yeah. all in here. Yeah, James, uh, make sure you do something that sounds like bumper music, and we'll use it on the show here. Um, that will always be good. We can say, hey, that segment was brought to you by Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. I'd love to do that. Hey, there you go. That sounds like a plan. So do you right. have it? Is it called, like, iconic music? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, James, thanks a lot for being with us. You have a very successful weekend. If I don't speak to you during this week, because I, I, I hope you're still holding something for me that we talked about. If not, go out and get more of them, would you please? You, um, you, you bet. And always a pleasure. Thanks again for having me, guys. All right. Captain James you Nelson, well, the fish icon. If you missed Captain James' number, it's 619-395-0799. Hey, Stan and I are going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Nathan Staron. He is from the Lithium Battery Company. We're going to learn a little bit about lithium-ion technology and especially how it relates to boat and marine batteries. This is Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. Stay tuned. Still more show to come. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that Fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons and outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes and I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And welcome to the second hour of Run Real Radio. Hey, you know, I know there's a lot of you listening and wondering when we're going to have the uh, representative from the San Diego City Lakes with us to talk about Lake San Vicente. That'll come on in the second half of this hour. Kevin uh, uh, Tackenberry is going to be with us. He's the head ranger from the San Diego City Lakes, so stay tuned. But right now, Stan and I are going to welcome our next guest. It's Nathan Staron, and Nathan Staron is from the Lithium Battery Company and... Nathan, I, I guess the first question, uh, you know, when, when I went to school, there was a little check mark on what I wanted to be when I grow up to be uh, uh, a developer of uh, lithium-ion technology. So, if you will, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with this, and then also, if you will, give us a little lithium-ion uh, 101 on, on why lithium uh, uh, power might be uh, uh, superior to the type of power that we get from a regular lead core battery like we're using today. And welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, well, I got into lithium. I originally wanted to be a helicopter pilot, and uh, it was pretty expensive. So uh, I went to school, a uh, little bit of a background in technology, and then I just got interested in the batteries and where the, where the direction of uh, lithium-ion batteries was headed and just jumped into it, and here I am now. So... Uh, with the batteries, you know, we picked up a lot of bass guys, a lot of fishing. Um, the technology has been amazing. We're uh, 70% lighter than lead-acid batteries. We get 100% depth of discharge, zero maintenance, longer life, three to 5,000 life cycles for 
um, any type of application, and then we got the built-in battery protection with batteries. Well, I guess that's one of the things, you know, we'll talk about several aspects of that. And, and Nathan, and, I, uh, this is Stan here. I, I actually kind of have a little little bit of knowledge, not a whole lot, um, but I got involved with the lithium battery systems um, a while back only because the first thing I did was I bought a drill, a little tiny drill that had tons of torque, way more than what I had with a, an electric drill, and uh, it would you could use it all day long and, Build a almost build your house with one of those things before you had charged the battery again, and then when it did, it only took fifteen minutes to recharge, and you're back to full charge again, and it weighed nothing. Um, I worked with the company Lithionics to try to get their uh, their batteries actually out into here to the Bassport guys, but they were uh, they weren't ready to go. Uh, needless to say, but the system it are so so much more valuable to today's bass fishermen, especially where you've got everything in your boat is draining your battery, and people don't understand how much that GPS unit in your boat pulls power all day long while you're sitting still. Doesn't make any difference. Uh, a real unique situation happens if you don't move your boat all day. You can't start your motor with a normal battery because it's pulled so much uh, of the power out of your batteries. So, and it's happened where guys. They get on a lake and they have them run their big motor all day long, and all of a sudden they can't start their boat at the end of the day uh, because all of their electronics are computers nowadays. It's all computerized. And plus the GPS unit is just pulling, uh, drawn for your batteries all day long, and at the end of the day you haven't got them. Lithium, these lithium batteries have changed all of that. Well, you know, Yeah, that's, that's uh, correct. You know, most of the bass boat guys, the starting battery, we recommend 100 amp hour because they're running so much electronics. Um, one of the main differences with our batteries is that your fish finder, your all your electronics, when you go to start your motor, they don't have to reset. They, everything stays on. So you know, and even some of your like, if you've got standard batteries too, I mean, the guys will find that, oh, uh, you know, at the after halfway through the day, you start your big motor and. Sometimes the, your your front locator pops off because it does it has to mm-hmm. uh, or doesn't have the power to continue to to run your front locator and start the motor at the same time. It takes there's an amount of, of juice that needs to be continuous to make that work. Uh, there's a lot Correct. of pluses to this that are that are, the guys well we, we just they haven't been educated yet in it and they really haven't. Uh, Put it to all the test, and it's not a cheap date, but it is probably the most effective tool for bass fishermen, especially the weight of the batteries. And, and you might comment on that. Yeah, the weight is pretty significant, up to 200 pounds off of a, a standard bass boat. Um, and with that increased uh, performance out on the lake, wherever you're fishing, you just stay out fishing longer. Uh, pretty much double the capacity of what you're uh, like a standard. Uh, lead acid battery AGM, you're only able to use 40 to 50% of that capacity. But with our lithium, our batteries, you're able to use 100% of that capacity so you can stay out longer. Um, get up maybe three to five miles an hour faster on your engine, uh, just running. So there's there's other benefits associated with that. Well, I think it's even better than that because if you're a bass fisherman and and, and every guy, every bass fisherman knows that if you're running without your partner in your boat, how much more efficient yeah. that boat comes out of the water, out of the, out of the hole. Uh, your gas 
capacity for mileage goes up, speed goes up significantly. It's like you change out the batteries that you have in your boat now, and it's like throwing your partner overboard and getting it back in the boat. Uh, exactly. Just changing out the batteries that much is like throwing 200 pounds out and, and, and taking off again and, and running without a partner. It, it, there is so much good that is available because of these lithi- the lithium-ion batteries nowadays. Um, you know, the, with the, they're going through their, their changes. I, I can only imagine that you guys have, have worked a lot with the, the bass fishing industry and heard about you guys and, and getting a battery that, you know, you don't have to worry about whether it's got water around it because that happens once in a while. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, the bass fishing is just a small spectrum of the, the marine market right now. Uh, it's one of our most popular applications with uh, the success. We got uh, James Watson just uh, won the Bassmaster uh, tournament. We got Ish Monroe running them, Ray Brazier, um, Artie Price. Uh, the list goes on and on. Well, Nathan, uh, we got Nathan uh, Staron from the Lithium Battery Company with me. Nathan, let's, t- let's just uh, talk about some of the comparisons between regular batteries. And I guess the first thing is uh, we look at when we get a regular uh, lead battery, we look at a deep cycle battery, and we look uh, for a cranking battery. With a lithium battery, do we still do the same type of thing, or does one battery fit both applications? With the with the lithium ion battery, you're able to achieve that cold cranking amp um, that, that the application needs. The boat, the most of the manufacturers are recommending a, a thousand cold cranking amp, and the batteries that are in there right now, they're like I said, they're only able to use forty to fifty percent of the capacity. So since the lithium ion battery doesn't have a voltage a voltage stag, uh, the engine is able to use most bass boats. We're seeing between five and seven hundred amps that's needed to crank that motor. So you actually need less amps with the lithium-ion batteries compared to a standard lead-acid or an AGM battery. And how about when it comes to recharging? Uh, with a, a lead battery, it's always recommended that they say you, you take and you use that battery all the way down and then you bring it on up again because if you, you only use half of the, the charge and bring it up, it, it takes a memory. Do, do we run into that with uh, lithium technology? No, no. If you, if you use half of it, that's half a life cycle. If you use a full, full life cycle. Um, so it all depends on what you're using. You pretty much a simple subtraction. Um, to figure out what your life cycle is going to be. And you say that it takes a lot less time to uh, recharge uh, a lithium battery. Tell us about that. Well, the uh, lead-acid AGM batteries, are they, they like to fight fight off the charge when you got them hooked up. Uh, the lithium-ion batteries are pretty much zero resistance, so they're not fighting off that charge. Um, and you can put a pretty quick charge on those batteries, and they'll, they'll get up to 100% capacity within... Uh, two hours, two to three hours, depending on what kind of charger you have. And See, this you... is where this is where I think every tournament angler, especially if he's fishing uh, on on more like the tour, <laughs> it's okay. It'd be better if you're fishing any of the the tournament circuits because it's just so much more efficient, and you never have to worry about are you going to have enough horsepower or or power in your batteries. It's like the new lithium ion, even your hand drills or whatever you're going to buy, they'll last for a day or if on continuous use and you still got power. 
whereas before you'd last for 20 minutes and then you got to go recharge your battery and last it would take an hour or two or three to recharge a battery uh yeah the new ones are so much more efficient and if you have to if you were a guy let's say we're fishing the US open and you're out there with there's a hundred and some odd boats and you're all staying at the same hotel and you're running a hundred fifty feet of cord to, to charge your batteries and you plug that in and you've got normal uh, lead batteries in there, lead acid batteries, and you're trying to charge those up. I don't even care if they're the uh, so not lead acid batteries when you've got a long lead on a, on your cord coming in to charge your batteries. There's a voltage drop even on your charging system, and you know, when you wake up that third morning and you go out there and you lift your lid and you still got red lines across on your charger, you're in trouble because you're not going to make it through the whole day. Your batteries have not charged. These battery systems will recharge, and in a matter of a couple of hours, you'll be back to, to stuff, and, and you never really ran them all the way down, even uh, in the day that you were fishing, even if you're on your trolling motor all day long. That's the beauty of this lithium-ion system. They're great. Wow. Yeah. Stan, how about, uh, uh, or Nathan, how about maintenance on these things? Uh, like, uh, do I have to add anything to them? Do I have to worry about them uh, uh, tipping over? Uh, do I have to worry about calcification on, on the terminals? Uh, uh, what's, no, what you're not going to worry about nothing. Absolutely nothing you're going to worry about. They uh, zero maintenance. You don't got to add water. You don't got to do anything. They got a bolted construction. Um, they can be put on their sides. They can be bumped on their sides. They can be hitting the waves. Um, they're not going to budge. They don't need any maintenance. Nothing. The other good thing about the, boat, the batteries, for the guys who are running to Baja and they're taking the boats down to Bahia de Los Angeles or whatever, and going down the inside, and they need something because your batteries can go dry and dead down there and trying to recharge them on a, on a generator is a pain in the rear. Mm-hmm. These things will last for a couple of days without having any problems, especially with the, uh, the units that we have nowadays that guys are pulling a lot of, uh, a lot of electricity out of their batteries as they're moving, but these, in, and then they'll charge up with less, with less time also, which it's really a boon. They're really a, a, a great tool for our boats, whether you're on the ocean or the freshwater side. I mean, yeah, yeah. my well, guys, believe they, it or not, our uh, pros, um, they got 100 amp hours in their boats, and they're, they're looking at a range of two to three days. Yeah. James Watson says he can do 14 straight hours on his motor guy trolling motor. And so I've seen, I've had pros call me up and say, hey, I didn't quite get a full charge on it last night, but they lasted me another day in the tournament until I could get a charge on them. So that, that is worth it right there, just to be able to have that extra time. Wow. That is just a great plus. I mean, there's just so much good that, that uh, these batteries will give you guys. But, you know, you're, it's like throwing your partner out and still getting this, you'll get better speed. The whole shot, you know, it's less wear and tear on your motor. Uh, you're you're going to be going faster. Uh, and so the efficiency for your gas is even better as you're going across the water. There's nothing but pluses uh, for this new these new systems that are out there available to the guys. And for the tournament pro, the guy that really likes to fish the tournaments and go on the go, these things are just a, a godsend. Uh, you, you, it's a whole lot less wear and tear on the angler's mind when you know that your battery systems are going to get you there and back, and, and you're going to be. It's easier on your boat and wear and tear across the board. It's it, they're a great product. 
Hey, we are speaking with uh, Nathan Starr, and he is from the Lithium Battery Company. Nate, we got to take a break right now, but can you stay with us for a little bit longer? Definitely, definitely. All right, this is Stan Vandenberg, and hop along on Rod and Reel Radio. You're listening to us on AM540 or at roddenreelradio.com. Stay tuned. We're going to take a break right now, but more Rod and Reel Radio to come. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. 
and we do want to welcome you back to our Rod Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with me tonight. Wendy's on an elk hunt, and you're listening uh, to us on AM 540 or at RodRealRadio.com. We've got Nathan Starn with us from the Lithium Battery Company out of Tampa Bay, Florida, and and Nathan, I guess one of the a lot of other questions I'd like to ask you. One of them is, there's a lot of concern maybe about the safety of lithium batteries and lithium technologies. A lot of times we'll hear stories about fires in particular pieces of equipment that might be attributed to lithium uh, uh, batteries. Uh, tell us about the safety of using uh, a lithium battery and your particular product in our bass boats. Well, our uh, 100 amp hour, basically all of our products have uh, safety protection, overcharging, over discharging, short circuit penetration, thermal. Um, so there's no risk of fires or explosions. We have a flame retardant added in our electrolyte. So there is no chance of that battery catching on fire. All right. And, you know, uh, one of the guys uh, sent me a note and saying, you know, this lithium technology is uh, just fantastic especially now where we're trying to cram more <clears throat> into the uh, the area where the batteries used to be and, and our boats. And the big thing are the uh, new power poles because not only do you need the hydraulics and, and the motors and everything like that for power poles, it leaves less and less uh, room for batteries and everything like that. And with this lithium technology, I guess you can move the batteries around. Can you actually put them on their side uh, and things like that, and still get them to work okay. Yeah, with the uh, construction, uh, it's a bolted construction, so you can have them on their side. Most of the fast boats, uh, Group 31 batteries, it, this is basically a replacement for that battery, so it fits in the same, same space. Uh, we don't see a lot of that, um, and if we do, we, we most of the time we do a customized battery for a shape and size specific to the vessel. But uh, if, if you're cramped on space, you can put them on their sides. Really, well, and let's talk about the weight of of a standard. If you got a Group Thirty One, you know, or Twenty Nine battery, that battery normally is a, a normal lead acid battery is going to weigh sixty five seventy pounds uh, on average. Versus, what is one of yours weigh? Uh, the one hundred amp hour, which is our most popular, yeah, thirty five pounds. That's a huge difference on moving that stuff around and trying to pull yeah. one in and out or, or tip it on its side uh, and, and making it work in, in your, your live world. Is the, are they smaller in size than the normal battery? Well, you get uh, as I was saying before, you, you know, you have your standard lead acid batteries and your AGM batteries. You're only able to use 40 to 50% of that capacity. So with ours being 100%, it's kind of like doubling up on what you have now. So you're getting more energy density in a Group 31 uh, spot on your bass boat than you are with a regular standard AGM or lead-acid battery. And, and about a half of the weight or less. Yeah, it's uh, up to 70%, depending on the application. The bass boats, you know, we're, we're ranging about 170 to 200 pounds of production of weight. Stan, from an insurance standpoint, uh, uh, have you run into a problem with any type of uh, 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 special writer or anything like that? Do you have to claim that you have a, a lithium battery because it increases the value of your boat, let's say, as opposed to regular batteries? No, we haven't really. There's nothing that's really breached that scenario so far. I mean, uh, Skeet Reese, uh, he's got lithium batteries. Aaron's got them. 
uh, we talked all the time, and, and uh, they've never had a problem. They've had them for a couple of years, you know, without having a hitch in the get-along. So far, there's never been Gary I mean, Yamamoto, Derek Yamamoto. There's several, several of the guys are using systems out there that have been available, uh, and there's nothing so far that's ever happened to, to bring up any issues. And so far, we're, you know, other than the extreme cost of the original uh, batteries when they first came onto the market through whatever systems that were out there, uh, only only the pros had enough dough <laughs> to make them go. So now the things are starting to level out a little bit, and it's more reasonable to get in, into these. Uh, and and the, where you have to normally have a, a battery that you'll replace every year or three, depending on what style of battery and how much use you, you give it. If you've got a uh, boat you're using all the time and you've got the wrong battery in it, you'll have to replace them every Okay. You'll have to use them every or replace them every couple of years at the at the most, so or at the least. Nathan, you know how long, Nathan? Do you do do these batteries last? And then how do you know when you have to replace them? Uh, we've had customers over uh, comparison five years, um, and the life cycle. You you really we haven't had any customers that had to had to have uh, replaced them so. Um, besides the charge cycle, maybe having a little bit of a de- deterioration towards the end, uh, I think that's when you know if you if you aren't able to use 100 percent of your capacity that the batteries are significantly different than when you, when you purchase them. But that's going to be in the eight to 15 year mark, depending on how much you use those batteries. See, that's the key right there. No matter what you paid for your batteries, you get you know five years. You'll never get five years out of a normal no. set of batteries. And, and these will last eight years and up to ten years. If you put one on the shelf, you can. The, the cool thing about lithium, you can put, you have a charged battery, put it on the shelf, and if you don't use it for four years, you'll pick it up and it's ready to, is to go and it hasn't dropped its its voltage. But they're a, a wonder for what we're doing. And for I don't care whether you're on the ocean and you've got to make sure that you're going to have to get back home after you traveled and you've been fishing all day, and all your electronics is working full tilt boogie, and you've got your pumps going for your for your live wells and whatever else, this can change everything in your boat. You might talk about a little bit, Nathan, about how to recharge or how do you charge your batteries, and, and you have to have a different system, too. In most cases, you can use an AGM charger. Um, the, the voltage to hit 95 to 98% capacity of those batteries is 14.1. Um, we do have algorithms, charging algorithms, with companies around the, the United States. Uh, Dual Pro is one of them, Pro Charging Systems, where you can call up and say, hey, I want a charger. Uh, I have the lithium battery company batteries, and they will download our charging algorithm to the batteries. Um, we also work with a company, Delta Q, and it's as easy as me emailing you a file for you to download on your thumb drive and just plug it in your charger, and it downloads our algorithm. To really? batteries, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool, too. You know, Nathan, I guess the elephant in the room now, when it comes cost-wise, uh, compared to good uh, batteries that are on the market, like Interstates or some of the, the ones that we'd see there, wh- what are we talking about percentage-wise uh, cost? Um, it's about three to four times more expensive than an AGM, a high-quality AGM lead-acid battery for a 100-amp-hour battery. Our uh, retail is one thousand two hundred eighty-nine dollars a battery. 
Um, but you, like I said, you're not going to have to replace that battery for 8 to 15 years, depending on how much you're using that. So uh, over the long run, if you do the math, the lithium is less expensive than running ADMs. Sure. What you, what's happened with these batteries, John, is it, the guys, all the guys, that I mean, I ensure thousands of different guys out here, uh, and, and the guys that have the batteries, when they sell the boat, they keep the systems and put them into the new boat, and they can just continue on. They never, they never give the batteries away. If they do, uh, that's really, really rare. But for, for the most part, the guys that have had them go, we know that they'll work. They know that they'll go for five to eight years without a hitch in the get-along. They just, if they turn the boat over, they turn the guy out, and you have to buy your own systems, whatever you want. But these things will last for a long, 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 long time. That's a great it, for the value, if you're looking at the AMG batteries you're buying today, you're looking at 300 bucks or better, depending on what you're buying, for a lot of these batteries that are on the market for the bass boats today that the guys are using. So, well, And they last for maybe two, two years, and then you're going to have to uh, upgrade because they do have a life expectancy where they will drain and they'll charge up, but they will not be as efficient as they once were. Well, Nathan, if, if we want to find out more about the lithium technology and the lithium batteries and the feature advantages and benefits. I know you've got a website. Where can we go to get this information? And then if we are committed that we do want to try lithium batteries, uh, especially from the lithium battery company, how's the best way to go about doing it? You can uh, find us uh, online, lithiumbatterycompany.com. You get a 1-800 number, 844-GET-LITHIUM. Uh, and it's 844-438-5484. You can email me, Nathan, at Lithium Battery Company, if you have uh, questions. Uh, we got Facebook. You can uh, look up Lithium Battery Company. We will run some specials um, every month, so keep an eye out for that. All right. Well, Nathan, I can't thank you enough for being with us, especially when you're, you. you're in the Eastern Time Zone and, and giving us a little information on the lithium technology. It looks like it's gone a a long way, and even on a cost savings. If you take your regular uh, lead cell batteries, the pros got to change those things every two years religiously. If you can get eight years out of these batteries and the peace of mind, man, it's worth the price of admission. So thanks for being with us, sir. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Nathan. Nathan right, Staron from the Lithium Battery Company. Uh, stand uh, great technology and... Uh, uh, I, I think it's uh, one of the things that we'll be seeing in the future when it comes to uh, uh, marine batteries. I was talking when, when Aaron got them and put them in his boat. He goes, you know, right away, he goes, it's like throwing my partner out of the boat. That means I can get two inches more draft when I when I go into the shallow spots. I can get places that the other guys can't get automatically. And I can get there faster because they can't keep up with me. He was just a, he was just thrilled with it enough that Skeet called up and Skeet and I were talking. Skeet Reese, he goes, "How do I get them?" So I hooked him up with a with the, the system that he could get into, and it it's changed a lot of the fishing. And you're hearing more and more of the pros, the guys that are really making the money in in the industry, have changed to it because the guys that are needing the the technology to run their systems, to be able to go the distance and get back uh, and guarantee that they get back for weigh-in are starting to really look at this stuff. 
Hey, Stan, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to change gears in the next segment. We're going to have Ke- uh, Kevin uh, Kid Tackenberry with us. He's the head ranger for the San Diego City Lakes. We're going to get into all the current information we can fill between now and the rest of the show on what's happening at Lake San Vicente. Stay tuned. There's still more Ron Real Radio to come on AM540 or RonRealRadio.com. We'll be back right after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262, or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free, and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. My angler aged to earth. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye! I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure Two online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. In Southern California, we want to welcome you back to our Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg is here tonight, and this has been a much anticipated segment that we're going to have next. You know, one of the biggest anticipated happenings for freshwater fishermen here in Southern California is going to be the reopening of San Vicente Reservoir in the eastern San Diego County. Uh, There's been a lot of rumors, conjecture, what's happening. You know, when the lake closed back in 2007, we were told that it looked like uh, it wouldn't be till 2017 that would be reopened, but it looks like construction's gone a little bit ahead of time. We're all biting at the bit 
wondering what's happening with the lake, when would it might open, what's going to be happening with it. So we invited someone from the uh, San Diego City Lakes Department to come and talk to us credibly about what's happening with Lake San Vicente. We want to welcome Kevin uh, Kid Tackenberry. Uh, to, uh, he's a head ranger with the San Diego City Lakes. Kevin, welcome to the show. Uh, being here. Hey, thank um, you. Hey, uh, Kevin, tell us, uh, just be, before we get into the nuts and bolts, a little bit about the history of San Vicente and what we're talking about. Okay, uh, San Vicente was actually built uh, between 1941 and it was completed in 1943. Uh, primary purpose was for municipal water supply or for the citizens of San Diego. It was an expansion of the city's uh, 10 re reservoirs. It's about 90,000 surface acres, and um, recreation started about five years after. Again, its primary, its primary reason for building was a municipal water supply. Wow. And so what happened is we know that uh, a lot of the water, when it rains here in San Diego, unfortunately goes uh, back into the sea or whatever it is so that we have to build up our storage, uh, especially for emergency uh, times, for water, like when we get in a drought condition. So there was a big project that went underway to inc uh, increase the capacity of Lake San Vicente because really it was the only reservoir we could do that here in San Diego County. Yeah, it was the most, well, it was the most feasible because of the, the geography of the area. And it was part in conjunction of emergency storage, which included a bunch of infrastructure and other different uh, storage facilities like Diamond Valley. And it, it's increased from 90,000 surface acres to they increased to 152 additional surface acres. The dam actually is 117 feet higher and is actually one of the um, largest dam extensions in the United States and largest roller compact type of construction in the world. Well, Kevin, did you say 117 feet higher? Correct, from the old spillway. Whew! Wow. <laughs> you know, Kevin, it's, you know, we obviously we're interested in, in water and drinking and make sure that everything doesn't go dry, but, you know, the thing that we're really concerned about is the fishing, so let's talk a little about it. And let's start off with the facilities, you know, uh, uh, it's nice to have a nice lake, but, you know, we have a nice lake up at Levenheim. Uh, we can't, the general public can't fish there. Tell us about the facilities now that are going to be available at Lake San Vicente Reservoir. Well, the County Water Authority really, really went, uh, really helped out in, in the design and really gave us pretty much everything we asked for. The ramp is actually what's going to be of great benefit to a lot of anglers and people generally recreating at the lake is it's six lanes wide, which means you can actually drive down to the bottom, turn around and back in, rather than some, as you know, some of the other reservoirs can be a 300 feet of backing. So it's a great facility. There's a 700 feet of, uh, if you can consider the courtesy dock and the regular boat dock, over 700 feet of actually dock space. So we can get about 35 or 40 vessels on the dock wow. on time. Also, there's two huge meeting gazebos up in the main uh, uh, facility and seven smaller family gazebos. They did a great job landscaping it, and it's a beautiful area. Um, when people see it, they'll really be amazed at, at how nice the facility is. We, we're, we're very impressed. 
So when this thing really gets cranked up, what is anticipated? How many launches at one time or how many boats at one time do you think that the boat, uh, the lake will be able to accommodate? John, that will depend on the actual the reservoir level, but we should be able to put 150 launch into the reservoir at about 150 launches is the target if we have high water. Now, just some of the things that people have been saying are concerns and everything like that. We were told that, uh, you know, the anticipated opening of this lake would be uh, 2017. There's been a lot of stories that there's been testing going on, that the, the dam has failed, and there's been this setback here or anything like that. Let's talk about some of these rumors. And first of all, it is the integrity of the dam itself. Have there been any failures in the dam during the, the testing of, of the dam itself? No failures. They had a couple samples. Like any time a dam is built, they'll take some core samples of the concrete. There are a couple samples that were questionable, but in overall, the dam is it's solid. It's structured. There's no there's been no major concerns of any kind. There are a couple small issues with any construction with the outlet tower and a few other areas, but those have been uh, repaired or remedied, and it should be everything's uh, currently, as far as my knowledge, everything is on track. As far okay. as the uh, dam facility, how about how about the regular recreational facility itself? Uh, you know, we have had the uh, lead engineer for the project on the show. Had him on last uh, uh, summer, and they were telling us, well, it was going to be ready here. It was going to be ready at this time. Is the the actual facility to accommodate uh, boating and fishing there? Is that uh, finished and is it ready? Well, it's completed. In other words, the, the, the core of all the construction is done. However, we ran into some small, uh, a couple minor safety issues and a couple facility functions that had to be repaired or corrected. And so until we accept that from the contractor, uh, we have to make sure those things are done. And that's kind of been the holdup. You know, there's been a lot of anticipation. There was one word went out that we might be able to open sometime in November. And it looks like uh, we'll see how things go, but we should be ready to go in um, by the spring, by March. Well, That's our had, hope. You had a key yeah, word there, and that was accepted by the contractor. And, and what does that necess- what does that mean? I mean, uh, uh, I know there was going to be a transition between the people that were building the project and, and the city of San Diego and the San Diego Lakes. Has has that uh, transfer occurred yet? And if so, why not? Do you think? Well, no, uh, John. One of the reasons is we we can't. They are they have responsibility for the facility while it's under construction. County Water Authority and the, the contractor who is building it. We can't actually accept or sign off on it until those uh, some of those um, items that were found to have some problems, whether it's a safety issue or a facility or a function of some sort, maybe it's plumbing or electrical. It could be something, but until those are completed, we really, the city can't sign off and accept it. And until they do, we can't do any start to put buoys out or get some of the other things done in, in the marina area that we would have, because currently would we are not able to do anything until we, things are actually signed off. So then, it, it, uh, put it in a nutshell, you can prepare, you know, uh, a lot of what your internal workings are going to be to 
to you know to make this lake available to the public but at this particular time the city doesn't hasn't even been handed over the lake to be able to do that and the reason why they don't is that all this, the the checking and everything that has to be done hasn't been done yet and the city doesn't want to take on that liability that that's up to the contractor pretty much yeah all right pretty, pretty hey, much that's correct you know, you, you talked about the, the facility itself, and I understand one of the most impressive parts of this facility, the, and we'll talk about a couple of the parts, is the actual launch ramp itself. And, and again, you talked about it a little bit here earlier, but tell us about the actual size of that launch ramp and how many lanes it's going to be in length and everything like that. Okay, it's, it's 700 feet long. That's just long enough. It's a lot of volume. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's a six wide lanes. I mean, you could take a large truck and vessel and turn at the bottom and back up the length of the vessel and and back up and launch it right there. It's it really eliminates a lot of the problems we've had some of the other reservoirs where you've had to back all the way down from way up at the top of the launch ramp. The uh, the, the dock itself, again, I mentioned before, is there's about thirty five to forty. It accommodate almost up to 40 vessels on the dock itself. If you if you had them on both sides of the courtesy and the main boat dock, wow. um, we also have for uh, we have a, a transport which for people who have a handicap that we can assist them or, or, or to say we can assist them down to the water's edge when available. And so there's there's a couple other things that are going in that will really make it. So much more convenient for a boater. Let's talk about uh, actually when the lake opens. How do how we're able to get on the lake? Uh, uh, you know, normally on most of our lakes here, with the exception of uh, uh, you know Lake Barrett, uh, we just show up and we pay our launch fees and our ticket fees. But now you, I know the city's got to be anticipated. There's going to be a tremendous crunch in the beginning to get on San Vicente. How are you going to handle it? Well, part of what, John, what we've, we've gotten literally hundreds of calls of anticipation. Everyone's biting the bit to get on. And because we want to ensure, um, I don't know, I'm sure some of you can remember the long lines that will go out and down Moreno Avenue. We want to ensure that people get on and can control that type of traffic and crowds. So what we're going to do is the launch fee, that is to get your boat on, will likely go through Ticketmaster. And it will only be the launch fee. Only the launch fee, so, okay. Yes. Any of the, for the adult permits, for instance, if you came to fish or to float tube or whatever it may be, those will actually be purchased at the reservoir. Okay, so uh, to go through, uh, to get your boat on, if you're the boat owner, you go through Ticketron, you get that ticket. But that person can bring two, three, five people, but each and every one of those individuals, including the individual that has bought the launch through Ticketron, they will also pay like a regular user fee, just like we do uh, on the city lakes, and they will pay that either on the day they go fishing, or I'm sure that the city will probably come up with some type of an advance sale of even of that ticket, like we currently have in the program right now. Yes, I believe that's the way it's going to be done. Correct. Okay, let me ask a question here because I'll be the the average guy that's going to drive down and I want to uh, fish on Sam V and I've got my motor home and I want to launch my boat and and uh, I was I I come down there 
if I haven't gotten a Ticketron, can I just go to the front gate? You will not be allowed on. You have to have a launch. Let's say you park down below or you park. They won't allow you to launch, but let's say you came up and you went with a friend. You will not be able to launch your boat unless you have purchased a receipt or something that they give you that shows you purchased it for that day from Ticketmaster. Right. But Are you going to have, let's, let me ask another question here because I'm average Joe. Uh, so I, if, if a guy is going, are there camping facilities or someplace that they, if they come from a distance and they do have their camper or their motorhome and they tow their boat down there and they want to get it on the lake, is the only way to get it on is only through Ticketron or if they go to a, is there a campsites available or how does this work? Um, currently we don't have any campsites. Um, or anything, any areas that they can actually camp. So, okay. Uh, so best for that person is we we guide them to the nearest. There's a couple areas, like Jennings or some of the other areas that they maybe all go to camp. But we're hoping that we're really going to blitz to get the word out that everyone will have to purchase a ticket um, through Ticketmaster or or whatever designation launch, they have to launch their boats. But to use the lake, they'll be able to buy. Uh, a permit there, and if they're going with someone that has a ticket to, to launch their boat, that's great. And then also, it'll yeah. also accommodate uh, tube fishermen that you're going to have yeah. over there. But I understand there may be a problem with shore fishing. Uh, the, because the water has never reached these upper levels, the banks are very unstable and loose. And we're walking around, and they literally, literally collapse. So it's just a lot of caution will have to be used. Also, you used to be able to fish kind of the southwest corner of the marina. There's a little area you might be able to fish, but a majority of the shoreline fishermen are fishing will be from the marina area to the northwest side going back in the aqueduct arm. Okay, I got That's another question because I know we're running short on time here. The average sure. mileage, if you're going to take off from a dock when the lake is at this level, at its normal level now, is what, how many miles? A mile or two in any one direction, three or four when, yeah. in one direction? And what is it going to it, be now when it's full? It's very steep side, so it'll add a little bit, but not too much more. Probably about the same, about two and a half to the back. But what's changed so much is these fingers that go now way back up into the arms. It's... It will amaze when people, when you finally get on the reservoir, you'll be pretty amazed at how much larger it appears. Because that big island in the isthmus that was to the south is so much smaller. And it's, it, the lake seems so much more expansive. And uh, I can tell you from us being out there that, um, and doing some diving, the fishery is absolutely astounding. Uh, I, can, that, I can only imagine. That, that sounds uh, good. And, and uh, Kevin, just uh, uh, just to let uh, people know again, uh, uh, even though the city has not taken over the possession of the lake or anything like that, but when that clock starts ticking, again, educated guests, and I know we can't give an exact date yet. I know they're going to try and open it up as soon as they can. When it, when is the projected opening? We're doing everything we can to get it open as quickly as possible. But, again, we don't want to dangle the carrot and get everyone excited. But we they really we should be able to jump through all the hurdles and all the issues that are currently being resolved. And we anticipate um, by March um, we should be, the, the reservoir should be open. 
And All I really be, want to know is when's press day. <laughs> yeah. When, is, uh, when are going to be the anticipated open days? Will it stay to to the regular Wednesday, Saturday, or Sunday? Or do you think the open days are going to be expanded? It may be, but currently it will be Thursday through Monday. All right. Like okay. That's my understanding. All right. Yes. It will be, hey, Kevin, we, be a little flip-flop. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, one last uh, thought. Yeah, from you. On my side of it, one thing is that if you can just remember, as always, uh, just the boating safety part of it. You know, really, uh, another thing is a lot of people have tried to, we'll tell it, they'll call it early pre-fishing. And we've had a, <laughs> caught quite a few people that are up trespassing. And uh, it's become quite a problem. So we have the help of fishing, uh, wildlife sheriffs and also the ranger divers and so it's a pretty steep climb so we encourage people i know it's very enticing to go up and the fishing is good but please just wait till it opens we you know we don't want to have to bump into you and have to write a citation or you bump into someone else who does so great anticipation will tell you where the good spots are and actually to tell you the truth we've been out there it's good everywhere so <laughs> it's going to be an amazing Cheater. I, I, it, it is it is phenomenal. I mean, hey guys, I know people will. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. We're way over time. I'm surprised we're still okay. on the air. Kevin Kidd uh, Tackaberry, uh, he is the head ranger uh, for the San Diego City Lakes. Thanks a lot for being with us and, and giving us an update on what's happening at Lake San Vicente. No problem. Thanks, John. All right. Hey, Stan, that's it. we got to get off in a hurry here. So on behalf of Stan and Wendy and uh, J.R. and Ben Harvey, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Captain Eddie McEwen, thank you for this legacy you have left for us. This is Rod Real Radio on AM540 at rodandreelradio.com. we got to sign off for now, but get out there and go fishing. Get on the water. We look forward to seeing you there. We're out for now. Good night, everybody.